my father died, I spent a lot of time thinking I wasn't such a great son. Like maybe I could have listened a little more, spent some more time with him together. I felt so guilty, you know, like, like he did everything for me and I didn't do anything for him. And one day I realized I did the greatest thing for him before he died. I was there with him and I held his hand and said goodbye. My name is Jacob Burrows and I'm Miyagi-Do. I settle disputes with my mind, not with my fists. And also with my kicks and sometimes also with my fists. And my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I'll get obnoxiously drunk and I'll ruin the party, but I'll leave a sweet, heartfelt voicemails for you afterwards. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback, where we talk about all things Cobra Kai and Karate Kid. And this time, in the second episode, we've gotten all the way to part two of Karate Kid, uh, which I suppose is how you would say it. It's Karate Kid part two. Uh, I'd never seen it before. And man, was I in for a ride, Jim. Yes, that's what I was trying to... Like, I I'd messaged you while I was watching this because, I, like I'd mentioned, I'd seen it before, but I was young. I hadn't seen it in decades. And I was like, this movie is quite a trip, Karate Kid 2. You're in for a ride, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, talking about some of the information on it, it's directed by the same director, John uh, G. Avildsen, who did the first one. And written by uh, Robert Mark Kamens, who did the first one as well. Um, there's actually a fair bit of good writing in here, fair bit of good directing, but also there are bits that are fucking nuts. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the first one is so uh, well balanced with realism and, uh, you know, uh, enhanced sections. And, like, obviously it's about a big karate fight that is made really dramatic and so on. In this one, uh, they go to Japan, right? Yeah, Okinawa. <laughs> Yeah, Okinawa, and they're 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 finna get killed like every other second. <laughs> they're constantly in mortal peril, and I I think it might be a, a spoiler. I don't really know, but I think in the third one they go back to like, oh, now it's about a tournament again, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, because a lot of people talk about that of how they went from a tournament to a death match, and then yeah, the third one is back to a tournament. <laughs> But maybe they should have stick, stuck with the tournaments because there's a lot of moments in this that really work, especially uh, Daniel-san and, of course, Mr. Miyagi. Like, their their interactions, the script, and the acting is good all the way through, I think. And some new additions that are really good as well. And then there's some that aren't very good. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a mixed bag overall, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say this, kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about the first movie... Um... This is more in line if you didn't know anything about this property and someone was like, oh, this movie from the 80s is called The Karate Kid. It's about, you know, uh, an old Japanese guy that trains a young kid to do karate. You'd kind of think more in this uh, yeah. tone than the first one, I'd say. Because, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. There's a lot of stuff that's that's really well done and done right, but it doesn't reach the same heights as the first movie and some things just become so silly uh where i guess the first one you could still argue is silly but it's got that core it's got that base and the heart 
that that keeps it there. And this still has the heart, and and, and the actors are still great, like the main cast, anyways. Uh, but yeah, it just it gets off the rails quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, it's specifically a lot of the problems uh, stem from Sato, the bad guy, uh, who isn't really a bad guy. For me, anyway, his voice is just ridiculous. And every time he's on screen, he, I, I don't even want to do it. I feel like it, it would probably be a racist character <laughs> if I did it. But like his voice, I, I, I kept saying to my girlfriend who I watched this with that like this, all of the scenes with Sato in them are terrible and they would actually probably work if you dubbed him in with Japanese <laughs> and subtitled it. Uh, not because it's unbelievable that they're all speaking English. I, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Even when it's two Japanese people speaking to each other, there's no English speakers around. They're just like, yes, yeah. we were speaking broken English. Yeah. Whatever. G- all the German war movies or uh, war movies in Germany, they're all speaking English as well. So fuck it. Um, except Der Untergang. Um, but like Sato's voice is just so cartoonish like oh you will my like it is it is so bad jim it's so bad it is and also like not to jump ahead well i mean i guess i'm going to jump ahead but the 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 payoff to his character stinks like <laughs> he's the most cartoonish crazy villain and then at the end he's not and then they turn his nephew into the crazy villain which i guess ties in with Obviously, a big thing with the Karate Kid is that the teacher is what's more important. And you can argue that Chosen becomes the way he is because of the way Sato taught him. And, like, that's the the poison that he did to the youth and how, like, that's the whole thing with, like, uh, Miyagi and Daniel and stuff. But still, it's just the way that at the end he's like, ah, now you bring me great honor. And all of a sudden... He's like, here is deed to village and let's rebuild and all this stuff when he was going to bulldoze everything <laughs> like hours beforehand. Uh, there's just not uh, there's just not a great way that 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 works. It, the transition doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I guess uh, now that you mention it, the whole like a big part of the first film is uh, there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. And that is proved at the end where, uh, you know, Crease uh, tells Johnny to fuck him up, but then Johnny afterwards is like, you're all right, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm glad we get to see all that at the beginning of this one, by the way. What a way to just recap the whole, like have a bunch of clips from the first film in here to make you go like, ah, yes, I feel emotions about this again. Uh, it worked for me anyway. Well, and uh, also got- uh, the... In my brain, the way I remember it, the beginning of this movie is how the first one ends. Like, that's how I always remembered that there's the thing where they fight outside in the parking lot and then he honks his nose. Like, seeing it as a kid, I just remembered, oh, yeah, that's how the first one ends. So when I rewatched it a couple years ago and it just ends, I was like, wait a minute. What about all the other stuff? (laughs) Yeah, and I was always a little bit confused about that scene because it's so immediately afterwards and it's in... Uh, Cobra Kai, the scene where like uh, Kreese is choking Johnny, which yes. is so fucked up, and it's so great that that's happening uh, <laughs> as a sort of parallel with him and Miyagi. Um, but I also, because I hadn't watched the Karate Kid in years, I was also like, wait, did I forget about this? But I think that was because I didn't know there was a, <laughs> a Karate Kid part two. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it t- totally reverses the thing of like, there's no such thing as a bad student by literally going like, nah, the teacher was good deep down all along. The student was evil, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, back to the beginning. I do love the way it picks up. And I think that was a more more common thing back in the days with sequels is because they'd always want to at least use scenes from the end of the previous movie to open sequels. Although I guess I'm thinking more like Rocky and stuff like that. So I guess that is in line uh, mm-hmm. because they replace the uh, montage of the car driving from New Jersey to uh, L.A., over yeah. the opening credits with just, yeah, the, the montage of the first movie, which is fun. And then, yeah, then we pick right up with the, the Cobras. And, well, first we have Daniel in the shower, which is <laughs> a little problematic, I, I, I'd say. But Miyagi's just hanging out, waiting for him. And they're talking about, you know, hey, what about my tournament career? And I think Miyagi's just like, yeah, early retirement. It's like, no, we don't not doing this anymore except for the death fight that we're gonna have later on <laughs> which uh, i will encourage <laughs> and stand by and do nothing <laughs> yeah and he's walking out with his big trophy and everyone's like uh bigging him up and uh yeah i guess this is where we get to see the start of who daniel's son is gonna be uh, like he must be feeling like yeah damn i could really sell a car to these guys when the old guys come up and the kids want his autograph he's like damn i could uh, really sell some cars here because yeah. he's definitely like enjoying the attention and everything he's always had that personality and miyagi just keeps going like we gotta go come on like, yeah, let's go don't keep the ladies waiting i love that it's the announcer guy like it's the same guy i mean not that it's crazy that they got the same guy back but i just love that you know the little details it's and they even they're kind of poo-pooing cobra kai because yeah. they say like they have some comments something about like oh you know he does they don't know true karate or whatever um and then yeah just great moment where you know Creed, uh miyagi uses defense by just getting out of the way and then crease punches uh his fists out and nice little setup uh foreshadowing for the end when you know uh miyagi's gonna kill crease but then he decides <laughs> not to and honks his nose uh, yeah. But then they have to kind of, I, I don't want to say retcon things, but they go against a little bit, at least the vision of Allie in the Cobra Kai series, because in Cobra, in Karate Kid Part 2, we have to get rid of Allie quickly. So oh, yeah. not only did she ruin the car, which I hate her for right now, <laughs> she ruins the car. Yeah. She also just ran off with some college guy uh, or whatever, left Daniel at the dance, because Daniel comes in, he's like, he's in like his, I don't know if he's in like a prom suit or some sort of formal yeah senior prom yeah okay and, and i mean jesus daniel son uh quite a growth spurt because now he's like super tall oh uh, yeah he's buff he's yeah. wide now he's a wide boy <laughs> yeah. and you know we get some fun stuff where it's just more uh daniel son and miyagi hanging out and obviously uh, going back to the 80s you think of like marty and doc and oh, now yeah. you got daniel son and miyagi for whatever reason, you just want these young kids to hang out with these old guys, like. But yeah, they're great. I don't know. I, that was always like whenever I watched um, Back to the Future, everyone was like, "Ah, your weird friendship with that old guy," and I was like, "Leave him alone. They're good buddies. He's just his weird inventor friend." And same thing here. He's just his karate instructor. They have a really, really close bond. Yeah. I'm just way on board with these relationships and the mentor mentee relationship. Maybe it's something we don't see enough 
of because I feel like every mentor just dies immediately yeah. in, uh, you know, any media that's produced nowadays because, you know, you gotta. Uh, and granted, I d- did rewatch Star Wars and you do notice, like, when you watch the first one, you're like, man, Obi-Wan and Luke knew each other for like two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and in this, they have a relationship that builds and grows and it's actually like a huge part of the heart of the series of films so like maybe bring some of that stuff back it's great yeah yeah and uh i mean he teaches him I, he doesn't really teach him he just somehow is able to nail the nails in with one hit which is you know it's impressive uh but he's still have you ever really tried jim though i, I, I haven't mean, maybe it's super easy yeah. i wouldn't know <laughs> i haven't really tried although I realized that anytime I've hammered in a nail, I've always thought of this, but I guess I didn't, didn't even make the connection as Karate Kid Part 2. But I've <laughs> always remembered, like, wasn't there a thing where a guy could just hit a nail in in one shot? <laughs> I think I just thought it was real life. I'm sure someone could do it. Uh, but he's always teaching him, even though they don't have some big tournament. He's still teaching him, and it's a nice, like, uh, reveal that... He's setting up like a off-suite apartment for Daniel to live in while yeah. his mother goes to Fresno or whatever's going to happen here. Uh, yeah, that's which nice. is nice. And and he uh, and like he just talks about how his life's out of focus, and Miyagi talks about when you life feels out of focus, always return to basic of life, so breathing. And he talks about breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as we know, I'm Miyagi Do. And so I meditate almost every day. And that's the basic ass shit. That's the first thing you learn. In through the nose, out through the mouth. That's it. That's how you get there. That's how you refocus yourself. Damn it. And it's right there in a kid's film. Well done. Yes. Yeah. And then Daniel's putting together the medals for him. You know, made him a nice thoughtful gift. Put him in a nice frame. Uh, Then we get news that Mr. Miyagi's father's sick. And it is a surprise to everyone. Like, what, your father's alive? All right, I guess. And I'm sure it's been pointed out, but, I mean, Daniel in Cobra Kai is older than Mr. Miyagi here, I believe. Whoa. Yeah. Or at least older than Pat Morita. I think they actually... Yeah. I think Miyagi's older, technically, than than actually what Pat Morita's age is during this. But either way... Mm. Yeah, that is insane. Uh, I just have to point out the mailman is a real aggressive yes. kind of character. <laughs> He's really cartoonish. Because first I was even like, how the fuck did you get back there? Because they're in the backyard. But I, I, I see him walk away. So I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But still, he's like, man, you should sell tickets and have people come in here. Do you mind if I come around sometime? It's like, you gave him the letter. Now go away. Yeah. Your job here is done. Yeah, do you mind if I bring my wife? Like, my wife would love to see this. It's like he's setting up a home invasion or something. Yeah. Uh, at least that's, and in, in nowadays, that's what I would think. But maybe he was just a sweet man that wanted, that was lonely and he wanted a friend. <laughs> and Daniel yeah. and Miyagi just ignore him. <laughs> well, he's going to go off and have his own movie. But for now, we stay on this track. Um, and he has a letter that his father's sick and goes to a passport office and they have a chat there and. They learn all the important backstory about he was going to marry someone, but so he made a big speech about how he was going to and was challenged to a fight and then ran off. And why I didn't bring Yuki with me, I will never know, but I guess he was just too honorable. Yeah, I don't love this thing either because it's, I mean, it shouldn't, but it kind of undercuts Miyagi and his wife and his Mm. unborn child, like his dead wife and child. I mean, yeah. I guess everyone, of course, he's going to have a history beforehand, but they try to build this, you know, what if uh, marriage that from Okinawa. 
up and it's i don't know i'm like but but miyagi had a had a uh another love so i don't know i guess you you always have your first i get very much like daniel larusso and ally with an eye in cobra kai hmm. it's not so yeah. much that unless they throw me for a loop later which they could it's not so much i feel like that he wants to leave his wife but ally with an eye will always have a piece of his heart even though she ruined his car and ran off with a college dude <laughs> Well, yeah, and no, I mean, speaking of that, uh, <laughs> I, I again, I watched this with my girlfriend, and she was like, uh, "Daniel San better not go marry some white bitch after this." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all uh, she doesn't know, so I'm I'm, I'm keeping mum about it yeah. for now about everything that happens. But That's uh, good. it's a great great piece of romance, I think. I mean, even though a lot of it is based on like. Oh, get on road, but you are already in middle of road, Daniel Sud. A lot of it's based on that, but there's oh, just yeah. uh, good chemistry on camera, and you can't really fight with that, can you? Yeah, I'll forgive it because I, I was thinking the same thing, but it also, again, to do another Back to the Future comparison, it reminded me of, you know, this is pretty heavy, Doc. Like, oh, what do you mean heavy? Is there something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future? <laughs> just, uh, you know, people yeah. don't get cool slang like us 80s kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true yeah it is very much the same thing and i was also thinking this was uh, this came out in 86 and the previous one was 84 i think yes and and of course back to the future famously in 85 right yep. it takes place in 85 yeah so i mean not to be like an 80s nerd like retro boy but like damn what great years for cinema <laughs> yeah right right and i think 84 as well i think was gremlins was also 84 and ghostbusters mm. Damn, like we're very much like, <laughs> obviously it's very played out to even complain about all the remakes and, and sequels and whatnot, but like all this shit is new, man. They made Karate Kid and then Back to the Future, Back to Front two years in a row. Fuck, I haven't had a good new thing in forever. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. And yeah, they're just uh, pumping them out year after year. Yeah. And that, but hey, we get to see it all again now. So, so we do. Um, so... Uh, it's kind of sweet. Miyagi is kind of disappointed that uh, Daniel-san doesn't show up to say bye before he goes to the airport. And then Daniel-san runs up there through the gate. And it's a very sweet moment, though. It is kind of uh, weird that the uh, hostess is like, you're going to have to go back to the gate, young man. It's like, but I'm holding a yeah. ticket, though. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> I feel like it's not up to you. <laughs> well, but I guess maybe you need someone over the age of 18. I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah I was still like, wait, what? Why well, are you siding with this other passenger? They're just two passengers. Because yeah. even outside of just the pre-9-11, like the fact that someone could just be walking up to the gate that you could tell them to go away. Like that's oh, yeah. not even close to happening. But yeah, I was also thinking the same yeah. thing. Like, wasn't he just holding a ticket? Why is she telling me he has to go? And it's such a weird. It's it's uh, like, I get they kind of have to jump through hoops because Miyagi is never the type of guy to be like, uh, Daniel son, come with me to Okinawa, you know? Because he and they they have to kind of put him right on the spot. Like, because even if say it was at Mr. Miyagi's house where Daniel brought this up, I guess there'd be more of a of a way for him to decline it. So they have to kind yeah. of jump through these hoops where it's like right at the plane and he has to kind of convince him that it'll work. And then, you know, he kind of gives in like, all right, fine. Come on, kid, let's go. 
Yeah, and it is, I, it, my stereotype anyway, my stereotypical mind thinks that's a very Japanese thing where, you know, someone pays you a compliment or tries to give you something or whatever, you always have to say no like eight times. Uh, and then it's only if someone keeps pushing that you accept like a compliment or whatever. And in the same way, Daniel-san gets him to uh, like uh, come go along with it when he's like, you know, you're always there for me. I want to be... I want to be there for you. Like, yeah. you've helped me out with, like, a million things. Like, let me do this one thing. And he really appreciates it. And it's a great moment. And then, you know, this is one of those moments where I'm like, this is a great moment. And then there's a lot of other shit in yeah. the film as well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really like the detail of they don't spend, they don't lean into it too much. But, I mean, it's just all there in the site when he pulls up to his village and there's this fucking helicopters. And it's they keep talking about this U.S military base and how it's basically is pushing the village away and even the fucking yeah. guy doesn't even know like hey where is blah 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 They're like yeah you're here like that's where we are <laughs> uh, it's yeah like, ah you pieces of shit and because i i was being critical at one point when daniel's in the city uh well at the, like yeah the city area and he looks into the karate school and there's all these white guys i was like what are all these white guys doing in the karate school and i'm like oh yeah because the fucking military base that's why they're all in the bar all in the arcade yeah. they're all in the karate school because they've like taken over yep um and yeah so let's talk about this they arrive they get a weird drive from a guy who knew they were there even though they had no way of knowing but they made their business to know then they drive into like an empty warehouse that says sato on the side and uh the film kind of goes downhill from here not entirely but like the reveal of this bad guy and the way he comes in. So coward, you have returned. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's really bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. But is, is it are they they're just trying to make a Japanese crease, right? Yeah, not to, yeah, a crease, if you will. Yeah, but <laughs> it still doesn't defend it because I can't like I, I, I agree. I, I feel like maybe if it came to a better payoff or climax maybe i would buy it but yeah it's just it's too much and it feels especially coming off of the first movie it just feels too too different too weird uh, yeah but i guess it's you, you got to give the movie credit in the other respect that most sequels especially um i mean i guess it's never changed but you could i guess you could say especially in the 80s usually you just make the same movie and you just call it part two they are yeah. trying to do something a little bit different here, and they're trying to kind of flip the focus because surprisingly, there's like not that much Daniel in this movie uh, in, mm. in a weird way. I mean, we get more into it when he starts having his blossoming relationship throughout the film, but they do really try to keep the focus on Miyagi. It just it stinks that they didn't have a better um, uh, villain for him to deal with. Yeah, and I think the the character of Sato even makes sense. Like, on paper, I could see this making sense. And I don't want to pin it on the director or the actor or whatever, but it's just the presentation of it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it in these scenes when he's, like, big and angry. But I think what really hurts uh, the film is that I don't believe it in the smaller scenes where I could believe in this character as, like, he's the bad guy, but he's, like... He, he he cares so much about honor, but there's so much going on behind the eyes that you don't see. Like if you had some scenes with him, like when he's praying at the shrine or whatever, or when he's like sees his fa uh, his his mentor die. Um, like if you could 
have like close up on him on his eyes not with these fucking sunglasses but to, like actually mm-hmm. like see his emotion see a lot of stuff happening under the surface and then then have him deliver this you know that it's, it's just if we had a fucking i don't know <laughs> uh uh a, a japanese gandolfini <laughs> you know actually <laughs> nailing this part it could have worked really well but it just feels like a very cartoonish uh character that we end up with well plus he's like super villainous but he, he feels like he's the type of villainous that he would just come up and shoot Miyagi in the head or something. I mean, I guess yeah. there's this thing with honor, but, like, is there really honor in coming through and tearing up people's uh, farms and, like, plants and stuff like that? Like, or ripping up the... I mean, I guess technically he's sending other people to do it, and it's for it's for this fight, but it's just... I don't know. He's supposed to be villain he's supposed to be very villainous but he's not villainous enough to just be like all right we're no we're just fighting right now here we go we're fighting let's do this well he does try to do that i guess like he's like oh then we'll fight right now and then right uh, then the mentor dies and he gets three days or whatever um so yeah i mean i've said my piece on the bill and i'll leave it at that because there's like it's it's the worst part of the film for me Uh, gotta give it up to i love daniel and his okinawa book though He's very protective oh, yeah. of it, and he loves reading it, and he's learning a lot, so good for him. Yeah, not bad. He he pulls out some facts and all as they're walking along there. Uh, flirts with the niece or whatever. To, uh, I don't remember how she's related. Um, but a lot of flirting going on real real quick. You, well, so. actually, one quick thing on Sato. So do you prefer the Sato from Westworld or the Sato from Karate Kid Part 2? His, his name is Sato there too, huh? I, I think so. Is it? Yeah, I think so as well, but I, I thought I had it mixed up, but, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he's uh, the uh, Yakuza guy in Singapore. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Sorry, so I guess if you have not Now, nah, this is from our Westworld Theories podcast, and my, my point was more like, I guess if you have to have a cartoonish Yakuza guy, you name him Sato. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that, them's the rules. I don't make the rules, I just abide by them. Um, so yeah. Oh, then we have the, well, one of the notes I have anyways is the drum. I had that drum because it's one of the main things I remember from this movie. Uh, so, cause I think there is a moment, I mean, when we rewatch Cobra Kai, I'm pretty sure Daniel picks it up out of one of the boxes or something like that at one point. Um, and I realized watching this movie as well, that most of what I remember from this movie is from the Karate Kid Nintendo video game. (laughs) <laughs> because okay so I, when are we doing the episode on that because <laughs> i even thought this movie was called daniel-san in okinawa but that's just the name of level two of the video game <laughs> and i always thought that i always thought the name of the movie was karate kid part two daniel-san in okinawa uh but that's level two of the video game because you have the scene well first you do chopsticks fly catch so you move daniel around you have to catch uh the flies with chopsticks then there's uh, another point where you have to dodge the you're on the dock when you have to dodge the the sphere thing that's like swinging back and forth like the pendulum or whatever so yeah. of course that's classic video game i'm pretty sure that's why they put the scene in the movie and then of <laughs> course you have to break the ice uh much like daniel does and you have to hit the power up on like just the right time and at one point you deal with a monsoon as well. You're just like jumping around, jumping over trees and stuff that are blowing in the air. <laughs> so great game. Daniel, uh, it's Karate Kid, Nintendo. Pick it up. Yeah. About the drum. Like this is also a bit that felt like it was a bit unfocused because 
he's given this drum, right? And he's playing with it. He's trying to figure out what kind of moves can I make that are similar to this drum. And I knew at the end when they're doing the big dance thing that I was like, wait, there's got to be something more because he never, he literally never used the drum thing. He never <laughs> did the thing where he dodges a thing that's flying at him and all that. He never yeah. did that. Um, so obviously he does that in the final fight. But they don't even show what he's doing because yeah. it's just close-ups and he's turning. And I guess he's turning like the drum. I have no way of knowing because I didn't see it. It doesn't. Uh, so I don't know what he learns from that. And more importantly, this dance when uh, him and the girl are dancing on the bridge, that felt like a much more significant moment where he was like, oh, he could have been like, oh, this is kind of like karate. And then he could do more of a dancey Tai Chi type uh, karate like Mr. Miyagi at the start when he just dodges every punch and he could defeat the bad guy at the end that way. But no. I guess it was all about the drum, huh? And then they all had drums, Jim. Every yeah. one of them had drums <laughs> at the end. What the fuck? Drums. <laughs> and it doesn't come off well because, yeah, you're right. The way it's zoomed in, it looks like he's just flinging his body, which happens to fling his arms around. And it just yes. so happens when he flings his arms, it's like a punch. And it's like, yeah. a, but it would have been, yeah, it would have worked out much better if he was using that to dodge, and much like Miyagi was with Crease. But instead, you just don't move your arms. You just move your upper body so fast that your arms fling up and start punching people in the face. Uh, so, yeah, not quite as good of a payoff as, like, a wax on, wax off. Uh, I do love that he tries to use the crane kick and he gets his ass kicked for it. Oh, yeah, that is nice. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it must be uh, – is her name Yuki or is that the older one? Yeah, Yuki is the love interest, right? I believe so, yes, yeah. Yeah, so Yuki and him on the bridge, they do the dance. Later, they do uh, the dance that's more American style, and apparently he's great at that as well. Uh, it's just those moments ring more true to me than the moments like, ah, oh, my father made me dodge things here as well, and then he does it once. You know, the, the dancing thing kind of repeats, and it would just make more sense for the dance to be kind of what he takes away from it and learns and instead it's just the drum so uh, the drum feels more video gamey like you said so uh, actually uh, it's yeah. a kumiko kumiko just okay. to correct because so i'm sure people I, I know we got the super fans out there so i don't want yuki is yeah, yeah. Uh, miyagi's chick because okay. miyagi's wow. got a chick now daniel's got a chick uh but yeah i i, I was confused as well but i looked it up because the main reason I wanted to bring it up, because we're recording this now, I mean, depending on whatever you're listening to this, we're recording this now, Cobra Kai Season 3 has not come out yet. There's not even a trailer yet. There have been hints, though, and they've tweeted pictures of, like, going to Okinawa. Mm. So, I, you know, the, the, the obvious prediction is that maybe we'll see some of these characters again, or maybe this movie is going to play a bigger part in what we, in some of the stuff we get into in uh cobra kai season three and i yeah. do know that the actress that plays uh kumiko is she's still very active although maybe she's too active that she ain't got time for cobra kai she was on star trek picard damn yeah i guess uh, and she's in i will make you mine coming out soon she's in a lot of movies uh and a lot of tv as well and man in the high castle good doctor lots of shit i haven't seen <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, so she's great in this. And like I said, I really like their chemistry. I like the chemistry as well. Like you said, there's a lot of focus on Mr. Miyagi and his relationship. It all 
it all kind of works except for when they have conflict introduced. <laughs> yeah. Basically. And I do as well love, even though I don't know where they, if they actually filmed it in Okinawa. Or do you have any insight on that? But uh, I um, don't think they did, but I, I, I didn't, no. I, I didn't double check. I thought I read that yeah. maybe they filmed it in the Philippines or something like that, but I'm not sure. Uh, principal photography in Hawaii. Oh, okay. Uh, and local countryside in modern-day Okinawa had been drastically changed due to the military basis, so other locations in both Japan and Hawaii were scouted as alternative locations. Uh, yeah, I guess it's in Hawaii mainly. 50 Okinawa-born Hawaii residents were also recruited as film extras, so basically a lot of Japanese people living in Hawaii, so they'd done it that way. And I guess they must have built a bunch of, like, when they walk through town and stuff, it, it feels Japanese, but hey... That's what production design does. You just slap some uh, kanji on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and did they actually even go the extra route, not just Japanese, but actually like Okinawan born? I mean, yeah. that's 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 something you do now. That's something you wouldn't expect they'd ever do then. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that is kind of th- those things kind of shine through a bit in some of these movies, uh, even though you have a character like Sato or something like that. But y- you could tell that they go for at least some sort of authenticity or... You know they try to they try to show respect, uh, which is nice. Uh, and you got to give it up for the um, uh, like the scrolls or whatever that Miyagi has. And it's what like uh, what are the rules? Because it's like Fight Club ripped off Karate Kid, right? Because yeah, the yeah, second yeah, yeah. rule is see rule one. You know? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> because it's so known from Fight Club, and I'm like, that's a, wait, first rule. First learned rule num- number one, that's like exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, karate for defense only, rule number two. Uh, first learn rule number one. So, yeah, you know, do not talk about karate. Uh, second rule, do not talk about karate to anyone. <laughs> Very good. Um, and, yeah, as I was saying, like, I do like all of the depictions. Like, there's a, uh, it feels genuine in that uh they're showing the change with all the helicopters and everything which is accurate that it is like a huge military american presence at this time and it's also interesting when you think about the fact that uh obviously miyagi fought on the side of the u.s in germany as we know from the first film and like that was kind of not the side that japan was on at the time uh so that's kind of an interesting thing to think about as well um they don't really get into that but they don't really need to and now they have the nephew of Sato training sort of military police as well. And of course the famous ice chopping challenge that I, and I, I love every, um, every Miyagi moment where you expect him to do one thing. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, I bet 600. <laughs> no, yes. no, you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, he's such a great character. And just the, the sense of humor of Mr. Miyagi is, is so great. And I, I love that it, it's still perfect in here. I mean, because I mean, Pat Marine is great, and he's just a well-written character. Um, uh, the I do want to call out. There's a small thing, but when they are in the city, the boy on the street that's like comes up to them is played by B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong, Ooh. as you may know from the show uh, Mr. Robot, or of course he's in Jurassic Park. Uh, I was just excited that I was like, "Hey, that's B.D. Wong," because I recognized him off of one line. That's cool. Yeah, doesn't that character like do nothing in this? He's yeah, no, he like, does nothing. He comes up and he's like, "Hey, come here" or something. Or he's like, "Come to the dance tonight. Bring your friend." Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's all he does. <laughs> oh, I did want to bring up that Daniel. I mean, to to give more credence to the, or credence to the the Daniel is a villain. 
he tries to murder Chosen at one point before things become the death match. Because when they're trashing Miyagi's home, and remember, he's like, do you ever train with a spear? And Daniel's like, no. And then he gives it to him, and then Daniel looks at it, and then he tries to run at him and stab him with it. Oh, yeah. That part's weird. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he holds it like a bat at first, and then he's like, ah, <laughs> literally tries to go at him. Like, he, he doesn't realize what's going to happen. Why doesn't he use the weapons he's uh, actually, you know, capable of using? His hands. Yes. But, like... Yeah, maybe if he tried to hit him with it, but he did try to stab him in the chest with a spear. And the the inner Mr. Miyagi in me was very disappointed that Daniel would do that. I understand he's upset and he's just trying to do what's right, but it would definitely not... If he just saved the bonsai trees, but he killed this person, <laughs> I don't think that Miyagi would think that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have some other bits that are good about, uh, the tea ceremony, uh, when both of them do them cross-generational tea ceremony. Uh, but then of course it all gets hyped up to where Mr. Miyagi agrees to the duel cause it's going to save the village and no matter what the deed for the village will go, you know, to the family, uh, at, well to the village itself and all that. So yeah. So as he says, I like his approach when he's like, ah, but no matter who wins, I've already won. Because what I care about is the village. I don't care about honor. It's very Mr. Miyagi. But then there's a storm that saves everything. Yeah. And I was almost, I mean, I knew that there had to be a death match. But I was almost thinking, like, what if they really just had the storm happen and then everyone found a common ground and then it just ended that way? I mean, I guess audiences at the time, well, audiences probably now, too, would be pretty upset. But I would have been like, wow, what a great, awesome move that they did where they <laughs> hyped up that there's going to be this death match. But then a big storm comes and we have a common enemy and we find our differences ain't so different after all. And we all want a common good. And then everyone be- becomes friends. <laughs> I-, I almost thought that was it because it's yeah. literally like it's like she's doing the cool dance thing and it's like. It's it's less than ten minutes left of the film, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then I I noticed him on the weird line there, like a uh, zip line. Yeah, I noticed him playing about up there in the shot before you're supposed to notice him or whatever. Um, so it's just very strange. And, and even when uh, he punches her in the face, like yeah. that just feels weird too. It's like oh, what? Like why is this stuff in the movie? I, this is based off nothing, but I it almost feels like they did want it, like the actual writer would want to end it here, and then the studio's like, no, 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 what are you doing? Where is the fight? Where's the crane kick? Uh, and then they just, like, plastered this other thing on at the very end. But yeah, at the same time, as I was saying, they were building f- towards this drum technique and everything. Maybe if they did a better payoff on that in the fight, yeah. I would have been more... And and everyone didn't just suddenly have it, and they were like, ah, yes, the drum technique. <laughs> like, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But, like, he crosses the bridge, right? And then he tells him to dump the bridge. Um, so Danielson dumps the bridge, and they want to fight to the death, but he puts his knife away. So they're fighting to death with kicks and whatever, uh, which, you know, I feel like... She could have just jumped in. I believe there's water around there, like a moat. Yeah. They just went in there, 
Like, Daniel-san could have jumped in there, too. What's he gonna do? Jump after him? Like, it's... This fight could have been so easily interrupted. There's, like, a million people around. One yeah. of them has a gun. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, Someone's from the military base, and they have a gun, yeah. and they can fix this. <laughs> and, though, yeah, those people didn't need that bridge. Like, yeah, you could just... It yeah. was, like, a three-foot drop, and then you climb up on the other side. Um, <laughs> and, well, just even the fact... Not to harp on uh, Sato again, but just him being here at the end feels so weird because he's such a crazy villain throughout the rest of the movie it's like so now he's dancing with everyone he remembers the dance and like yep. as you mentioned a few times he also has a drum <laughs> yes they all have drums there's a big drum and he's applauding really big at the end um he's yeah. scrooge I, I, that's what i i remember what it is now he's basically scrooge at the end because there's even a moment oh, where yeah. a guy comes up to him with uh like uh, a bottle of something and he makes his sato mean face and the guy's like oh no and then he's like ha ha give me the yeah. bottle it's like when uh scrooge pretends that he's still mad at cratchit and he's like i need to tell you something cratchit you mm. get a week off in a pay raise this is great <laughs> i'm sato slash slash scrooge yeah uh, Danielson looks really fucked up at the end, so that's kind of fun. Like, he's got blood running all over him and yeah. stuff, and he's, like, uh, going into a zen state and breathing and then fighting amazingly. I don't like that we don't see what the fuck he's doing. He's just turning and flopping his arms, I guess. And that's the drum technique. Um, but, uh, yeah. You know, apart... Again, I, I did... I was, like, when we were holding on Mr. Miyagi at the end, I was, I was like... Ended on his face. Ended on his face again. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah. it just fades to black. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, to cut back a little bit, the, the the clip at the beginning of the show when Daniel's talking about his dad and the oh, way yeah. Pat Morita plays it, it's it's so great. It's such a great scene. Like, again, going back to we're, we're kind of picking on some of the, the parts that are bad, but, you know, just the, the Daniel Miyagi stuff is always great, and there there is still enough good here. It's just... You know, not quite on the on the level of the first one, I'd say. Yeah, because the first one with its cheese is it, to me. And again, I'm blinded probably by nostalgia and everything, but like it feels pitch perfect. Everything that happens in the first one and in this one, it has great moments. But then there's other bits as well where you're like, uh, OK, I guess we'll. We'll just cut the bits that we need for flashbacks in Cobra Kai and we'll ignore the really weird stuff where like I can I can imagine there being a line. I don't remember one, but in Cobra Kai where Daniel's son, like there's mention of his trip to Japan and like he just totally plays it off like, ah, oh, yeah, the, the, like so they make some joke about how it was totally over the top what happened over there or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Uh, can't can't quite phrase it, but I could see that as a little joke of like, yeah, that was crazy. Decided to go back to tournaments after that or <laughs> whatever um now i guess this is more speculation stuff it's not quite karate kid part two it's more cobra kai uh shit i guess i'll wait because i don't know i don't want to spoil anything from cobra kai season two in case someone's first listening through it we'll get to it forget it okay for, forget what i just all said. right well i i'll forget it for now but i'll remember it for the future <laughs> and we'll bring it back uh, much like Cobra Kai brings back all of our favorite moments. Uh, yeah, so next week, we're unsurprisingly going to talk about The Karate Kid Part 3. And I think after that, we're going to get into the actual show of Cobra Kai. Yes. Um, but if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed so far, feel free to get in touch 
at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, showswhatyouknow.com, for all of our other coverage of shows like Westworld and Game of Thrones and, you know, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, all the greats, the three great shows um, that you need to keep track of and everything else as well. Um, Is there anything else, Jim? I think there's just one more thing. Oh, yeah. And that thing is strike first. Strike hard. No No mercy. mercy.